I had a very long day today. How was your day? Uh, it was pretty uneventful, actually. I mean, uh, it, well, let's see. Let me think. It was... Yeah, n- not a lot happened. Did a little shopping. Oh, so quiet. Basic little shopping, quiet Sunday, huh? I guess. I think one could say it was, yeah, pretty pretty quiet. I had a, uh, had a baptism today. Oh. Yep, my little cousin. Uh, I mean, I'm not Catholic or nothing like that, but, you know, he is now, as of now, he's, he's Catholic. And uh, we went to Lorenzo's Italian restaurant afterwards, which... Very awesome fucking food, I'll tell you. I stuffed myself. I I couldn't even walk out of the place. Where's that? Uh, what what's where's that located? Is that in Bordentown or nearby? Um, no. This was this is this was up north about an hour in, in a town called Sea Caucus. Oh yeah, I've heard of Sea Caucus. Yep. So I had a uh, a Benny Sunday. A Benny Sunday. Uh, pretty. Yeah, so that's, you know, it was uh, pretty interesting. Got to see the other, you know, the other family members and all that. Had a good time. But uh, uh, Saturday wasn't too, uh, Saturday wasn't too great. I woke up to, uh, you know, did you hear that Adam West died uh, Saturday or Friday night? I, I have heard that, yes. I, I've already, uh, I've tweeted out my, uh, my RIP and uh, my condolences to uh, Ralph Berman. Likewise. Only- I mean, it. That's like that's not something that you kind of want to wake up to, you know. Like discovering like Batman died, you know, like the Batman. Yes, I imagine. Uh, no, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, it's death. Death is becoming less and less shocking as I get older. <laughs> it's just it's, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's a natural, it's a natural, you know, natural part of life. Obviously, you know, you you're born, you die. But right, I'm not I mean, it just a- seems to me that. Too many people are dying lately. You know what I mean, and and, and all the greats. You know, uh, I mean there are also quite a few people who are living a long time or doing quite well. You know, it's 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 um, oh true. There seem to be more people living longer, but then again, it could just seem that way because there are a lot of um, or there are a decent amount of famous people living longer. True. So it's but Betty White is still alive. Betty White is still with us. Dick Van Dyke is still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think Betty White's ever going to die, dude. Oh, don't say that, because now it's like we're going to turn on Twitter and, you know... Yes, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx Betty White. I would knock on wood, but I don't want to fuzz out the mic. Actually, this is... I don't even know if I have wood in here. There we go. There's some wood. Um, got wood. Um, so, yeah, but rest in peace, Adam West, that is a bummer. It is... It is um, it's just, you know, it's always a bummer when it's somebody that you like, you know, or find or found interesting or was a part of either your childhood or somebody you know's childhood or, you know, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, um, I'm sure when um, uh, when Paul and Ringo go, that's going to be tough for me because uh, there'll be no more Beatles at all. And, you know, uh, I didn't uh, didn't even know I was a Beatles fan until I was, uh, let's see, been six. Well, I didn't know what fandom was, but right around the early '80s, I, I had been listening to them, but I didn't, I didn't really start to say, "Oh, this is the Beatles and this is other music." Until you know, until a bit later in life, and kind of understand that like there were more than a few people in the world uh, that made all of the music. Although that's also not entirely true. <laughs> There's quite a few people who uh, were involved in, like people involved with Toto and Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald and various studio musicians for Steely Dan and Stevie Wonder studio musicians and say the Funk Brothers, like a lot of these people are people who are on most of the popular albums that exist. But, um, you know, that, that, that kind of understanding didn't come up until much later. I got to turn down your input a little bit because you've got a lot of white noise going on. A lot of white noise. Yeah. Like there's a fan near you or something. How's that? That is much better. I'm adjusting my uh, soundboard mix. I'm, well, I'm, I'm adjusting my uh, my mixer. Okay, well that sounds much better because for a second there it did sound like you had like you had a vacuum that was coming close or something. This is a very fascinating uh, little uh, little thing. Uh, everyone listening out there, either in iTunes land or Stitcher land or you know combination of both. If you're one of those. They like to jump back and forth. The white noise. And what if creatures live in the white noise? See? Like, like in That's the, something you didn't think about. Like the bugs when it's TV snow, that kind of thing? What did you say? Well, like, you know, if you look at TV snow, like when the TV's all fuzzy and whatnot, and, and you just stare, sort of stare at it for a while, it does kind of look like bugs running around on the screen. 
Wait, did you say there's drugs? There's drugs in California? <laughs> no, but I'm sorry. Are you not? Is it? Is my signal cutting out over there? Because because you're because you're you're break. You're kind of sounding staticky on this end, a little bit. Okay. Well, I mean, I can hear you, so that's good. It'd be like last time. You just won't be able to hear me like 75 percent of the time, and then I'll pretend to talk to you, and then. <laughs> I'm on iTunes right now. Uh, it says Hunter can only hear me five to ten percent of the time on this episode. Was it that? I thought I did. I say five to ten percent. Oh, you can hear me yes. only. Oh, not you. Not can, yes. That okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, it, it is true that particular episode. It was. It was a little bit. Uh, and we were discussing that when we had Dynasty on. We were talking about how. How uh, interesting the, the 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 connection is, and like I said, eventually, you know, I want to I want to invest in a better laptop. Maybe that will maybe fix the problem. But I'm I'm grateful, knock on wood, thanks to the technology gods, that this laptop is not dead yet or dying. Although it, uh, when you start it up initially, it kind of lags a little bit and makes like a weird sound. But it's it's it's. It still functions, so I'm I'm happy about that. Yes, that is a good thing. I, I it does seem that um, it's working better now, and it's it could just be my internet sucks. So it's it's hard to say. It's not very good internet in this part of the world. I mean, it could it could be on both ends. Who knows? I mean, like for example, it probably is. I had to before we even when we started talking about uh, doing a, a soundcast. I wanted to upgrade to Windows 10. Mm-hmm. So that it could it could keep up, and uh, I think that Windows 10 has some type of uh, bug problems because it's it's it never really lagged until I started using Windows 10. So I probably should have tried to use the Skype and the previous or the the Windows that it came with. Maybe I wouldn't have had this issue. Who knows? But then again, it's a Toshiba, so yeah. This is a poor. This is this is a poor man's laptop, and I admit it. But, but it works. So, well, yeah, it's I mean, technology is one. But of I also things. have you know really good uh, podcasting equipment. I have Behringer, so and you have Behringer, so I mean, I like Behringer. I think if, uh, if you know when I upgrade to my next, uh, you know, if I upgrade my soundboard, it's going to be Behringer. When I upgrade my mic to something better, it's going to be you know Behringer. So I'm, I'm just going to keep. Using the the one product because hmm. it hasn't failed me yet. So when you start gathering DJ equipment, it's going to be Behringer. But I will say, anyone that's uh, interested in buying oh, podcast funny. equipment to do your own podcast or whatever it is you're doing, I don't recommend using the mic stand that it, it comes with. That was like my only complaint. So I went out and bought something better as far as like the mic stand, and it came with. Obviously, I've, I've mentioned this before, but it came with the the shock mount and it came with the the uh, pop filter. So it, it you know, it gets rid of all that god awful background noise. Yeah, sound is a tricky thing. Well, I mean, if you remember, if you remember in our first episode, um, I was making like all them like creaking sounds every time I like moved in my chair or you know like touched anything, and that was when I had that that mic that was on the desk, and I didn't have the uh, the uh, the mic arm or mm. the pop filter, so. Making it had like a lot of that noise in the background, and I was like, eh, "We got to do something about that." That's interesting. And for I don't know twenty and some change, I mean, I got my money's worth out of this thing. It's pretty nice, and it, it pretty much uh, you can mount it to anything. So, so I haven't heard the first episode in a while. I was actually going to listen to it again to go through and figure out the stuff that's uh, that we talk about in it, and make a list of that because I, I have a plans. I have plans for the early episodes. Um, if, when I get time, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I'm, working, nice. I'm working on a video game series. I don't know if I talked about that at all. I probably did. I probably did on the last show, on the actual last show we recorded, which was with Dynasty, and I can't remember that at all. If I talked, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to send you the uh, the files along with what we got, so that we can uh, have a show for this week. Oh yeah, so I could start editing that. That'd be cool. I got a little, I got a little wrapped up, you know. It's sure. Yeah. It's what happens. Everybody listening out there, sometimes you get, you know, you get wrapped up. But yeah, at least we can say we do put up a show every week or just about every week. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, they don't care. They don't. They don't care. No, they don't. 
<laughs> they don't. They don't care at all. Um, it's like, well, you never know though, because think about it, dude. Like you, you say, they don't care. Like you know, they're they're and maybe they're understanding people. Like I haven't. Like obviously, I only know like a handful of our listeners. Like you know, but. How, how do you know there's not a dude sitting on his couch with like you know like some lipstick on his lips and shit like that? And every time we don't put up an episode, he gets pissed off and has like a book with our names in it, and he's like you know addressing you know us individually, like his disappointments and us and shit like that. Like you never know. So like um, Bushimi and Happy and in uh, uh, Billy Madison. Yes, like that guy. Yeah, I mean, because I was thinking of lipstick and the thing, and it's like the only thing I can think of is that is that you know, unless it's uh, James Gum. But I imagine you were talking about like, uh, oh, okay, I guess I'll take them off the people I'm going to kill list. Exactly. So he has like this book of like you know podcasters that obviously disappointed him because you know he's one of those like fanboys or whatever. So like maybe like you know he has like a, like a one of those tablet books and like pages that are like each show or whatever that he listens to and every time they don't upload or talk about the right thing maybe he just sits there and says okay well you know uh uh kevin smith from smodcast you know he let me down because he hasn't put up anything you know in like two three weeks or you know uh tyson and hunter from uh, the anti-social show those two bitches let me down because they didn't put something up this week or they didn't talk about this or you know, you never know. It's like you, you open yourself up like that, and you, you could have like crazy fans out there. I don't know. Like I would hope not, but you know, this is all in good fun. But you never know. You could have a crazy a crazy fan out there that just like you know, like I'm your number one fan. You know, like fucking Annie Wilkes and shit from fucking Misery. Annie Wilkes. Oh yeah, yeah. You dirty bird. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see, you know what I'm talking about? Fucking crazy. Just. <laughs> You know, fucking psycho and shit. Right. So earlier you were talking about uh, the restaurant, uh, and uh, 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 speaking of nightlife, is there are there um, are there nightclubs or places to go dance uh, near near where you near nearabouts where you live? I don't know what kind. Of, <coughs> like, is there are, um, you know, like a place where? That's you, a good question because I don't know. Like, I used to go to um, a nightclub in on thirty on Route thirty five called Club Abyss, but that was I mean, and that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool nightclub. I used to go there every year for like Halloween or before Halloween because they used to have like a like a, they used to do like uh, they would allow you to dress in like your Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, you know, Corona was like a dollar or two dollars a bottle or something like that but so it used to be a really cool nightclub and then they turned it into club pure which was basically like a teen uh teen club at that point and there was just no point in going so but around here i'm not really sure because i don't go i haven't been to a nightclub in god knows how long nightclub like a play you know like um you know with a dj or something where they're spinning either spinning records or actually um you know like dance music you know yeah yeah no i mean uh yeah uh, Club Abyss used to have a live DJ and he used to do all that that stuff and uh, one day they just like I said I don't know if they just decided to, to change owners or they did something but right. the club got ruined so oh, that's too bad we used to have a club here um, in, in Eureka called Club West I went to a long time ago uh, in let's see I think it started going around 20 or something uh oh you're you're breaking up a little bit hello yep. tell us I'm like you know I mean Hello? Do, do, do you go to nightclubs? Hello? Hello? Do, do you go to nightclubs? Can you hear me? You can't hear me. That's what I say. Okay, uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, so you asked, what was the question you asked? Well, no, we were talking about the nightlife and nightclubs. Um, do, do you Okay. Do you hit the scenes? I used to. I was trying to say that I don't know how much of this you heard, so I'll just say it again. But um, I, there, I used to go to a club about um, 20-some years ago. Uh, it was in Eureka. It was called Club West. And they had uh, – it's where they played a lot of house music because it, we're talking about 1992 or three and whatnot. So there was, like, remixes of New Order. There was, uh, there was um, groups called Bizarre Inc. There was a remix of Sesame Street. There was this one song – that I'm, I think it's 93 is probably it, but it's some, it could be anywhere between 93 and 97, but it was a great song. It's probably closer to 93. It was called Funk Phenomenon, and it was by uh, uh, an, an, a music producer DJ named um, Armand Van Helden. 
Does that name sound familiar? Familiar? Uh, no, because I wasn't, uh, uh, 1993, I was a little shit, so. Okay. So, yeah, it's, well, yeah, so there was that, there was that group. Now, recently, uh, see, somewhere around, so let's say it's 1993. Wrong. And that song comes out, and I'm in my 20s, right? Wrong. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. A bunch of other music, right? So then, um, like, uh, you know, 15-something years pass, 14 years, and I find out that there's, uh, that one of, that the same DJ that makes that music is mm-hmm. teamed up with a, uh, a, a, a child DJ phenomenon who's now an, a young, uh, an older, younger guy. Somebody, this is, we're looking at an age difference, probably like a little bit more than the age difference between you and I, and they, they, they team up, and they make this music called, um, this uh, album called Duck Sauce. Yeah. Duck sauce. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a couple. That's of, interesting. A couple of really good hits on. It. In fact, I've got this one video I'm going to send you. But at some point, I'd like you to see the. Okay. Um, I'd like you to see the guy. Um, have you heard of the DMC, the Disco Music Club? I think it's called. Um, it, it's a. T- have I heard of it? It's a turntablism competition. Mm, like I mean, I've heard of turntable competitions, but I don't think I'm too familiar with. Um, it's a club, you said, right? Or oh, it's um, D- DMC is short for Disco Music Club. Wrong, but it's a it's it's a world oh, oh. A worldwide competition, I think. And they they basically yeah, it's DJ on DJ. They have to they um you know there's also group DJs. I'll show you what I'm talking about in a, in a minute here. But but so a track was a guy who who was from Canada and he like won the DMC when he was pretty young back in 1997. And uh, so mm-hmm. I can show you his set. But the stuff that he made with Armin van Helden later, I got one I can show you here. It's a song called It's You. And I'll send you okay. for that. And the video is pretty funny and and uh, bizarre. You'll get my, probably get a kick out of it. Well, it's not that bizarre, but... Duck Sauce, It's You. Okay, so let's see what this is about. All right. All right. So that's A-Track and Armin van Helden there. I have to say, so far, this is actually pretty interesting and weird because their their haircuts are doing like all kinds of craziness here. Mm-hmm. The sound dropped out. So the video is still playing, I imagine, because I'm looking at it on my end here. It's a very visual video. I'm digging this. This is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like at the part where the lights are off and they're like they have like the um, all their hair has like this funky neon color going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty. Uh, well, I'm gonna share that actually for anybody that wants to check out this pretty cool, interesting video. Of course, I am gonna be dropping that on our Facebook page right now, so you should go check that out. Yeah, so that's pretty fun, huh? It's, um, yeah, it is actually. I like that. That's it, it's it's well, it's 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 pretty fun and it's 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 original too because I've never seen anything like that before. Right now, I'm going to be cutting out a lot of the middle of that there because there's the, the thing about this type of music. Obviously, is that it's it's meant to be pretty repetitive in some ways, or at least to where it's like you can, you, but but to great effect. You know, like there's parts to repeat yeah. in certain ways, and then you understand there's still high points and low points in the song. It's it's amazing the way that works, but it doesn't really lend. Um, itself to a podcast and that's the thing that's one of the reasons why the music videos can get as interesting as possible because it's totally open to interpretation of what you know of um of what uh what the director or the band wants or you know what i mean it's like there's not really yeah no i know what you mean they, yeah. they get to create their own story and their own uh their own visual language it's like well what do we do to like tell the <laughs> tell the story of this song that has no story per se you know it's like well how do we do that and then that's what you get is something something like that um there's one called Anyway that um, mm-hmm. that basically recreates um, – there's this program in the 70s and probably in the early 80s but called Midnight Special. And there's kind of like a Midnight Special-esque sort of program. It basically recreates this sort of live um, stage performance of this of this band that doesn't actually exist, but it it's, it looks like it does. It's period. It's shot with the old school uh, television video cameras. They do like old school, old fashioned diamond wipes, like you would see on a program from seventies. It's, you know, they got the the clothes, but the song is completely. It's a modern remix of a song called. Um, so the the song that 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 it is sam- that it samples is um, mm-hmm. called "I Can Do It." 
I can do it, and then it's in parentheses any way you want. It's a song from 1979, and it's by a group called Final Edition. So they took mm. they took part of this song, very much uh, part of the song, and then they mix around it, very much like they did with right. the part of the song that you heard. It, and it's you know I'm not going to have you you know I'm not going to subject you to that right now, but it it is also uh, notable to it, it's about it's it's another example of the thing I'm talking about where it's like well you have something that that is. Um, you know, how do you interpret something that's um, something that doesn't have necessarily a story? You know, it's like, well, it doesn't need one. You know, it's it, it, it in this case, it's a it's a band playing. In the case of what you saw, it's um, or it's a fictional band playing and singing. It looks like basically kind of like the Jackson Five sort of this great dance choreography. In it. It's like when groups used to dance and sing together, like the mm-hmm. Four Tops and the Temptations. They'd have choreography. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so a track. Did you have a Did you have a question? I don't want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it maybe maybe it's supposed to be interpreted, you know, by whoever's watching it, perhaps? Mm-hmm. You know, like they take from it what they will, create their own story. Right. That makes sense. With a yeah. With a with a story that has like no story at all. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that becomes yeah. So kind of like that. I mean, I think that's a pretty cool concept, actually. I mean, take a new song and put it, you know. In the old school ways, it's it's actually what I think of now when I when I think of that song is I think of the video essentially, and that that yeah that backfires for some people. Um, <laughs> some people well like there is famously a, a Bloom County I don't know how famously but among Bloom County fans there was a there was an um, there was a, a cartoon one of the one of the characters I can't remember if it was Opus or Binkley or whatever but it was talking about how. There was a song by Paul McCartney that was forever changed when he saw the music video, and <laughs> and it was uh, I don't I'm not going to recount the whole thing because I can't remember it, but it was uh, it's it, but so that that sometimes goes wrong. Of course, this is a fictional character, but you know, it makes you wonder if that's the way the author feels, or if he just thinks that it'd be funny if a character thought that way. It doesn't really matter, but somebody thought you know s- somebody yeah. somebody had to put themselves in the head of somebody who. Uh, who felt that way if they didn't feel that way themselves. And so it was an interesting... Anyway, whatever. I don't understand why I'm qualifying everything like we're going to get sued for something. I was just like, no, but what I mean is... there's. It's like, anyway, so... Okay, so... <laughs> I don't so, think you're going to be sued, dude. So I hope not, anyway. I hope not. But So there was the two, um, the two guys who were cutting the hair that, that you could see. Uh, one of them had, like, a derby hat on looking thing. Mm-hmm. That was that's a track grown up. Now I'm going to send you a video of him winning this competition, this DMC competition. Now the, okay. way, the way it works is every DJ gets has to put together a set, and it has to be no more than I think six minutes. So they okay. So they attempt to keep it within that, and I will send you what he did back in '97, and you can let me know when you've got that there, and then I can kind of watch it here at the same time. But, okay, so I'm starting it now. A Track Canada DMC World Champion. Oh, yeah, he was young, so here we go. Mm -hmm. Pressing play. Mm -hmm. And it's buffering. Okay. There we go. A Track. Shit. Yeah, 
This kid's from Canada, right? Yep. The kid's from Canada? Yes, indeed. Uh, Quebec, Montreal. See that? And who says Canadians don't know anything about rap? Nice, nice, nice. Well, it's funny about Canada, as you were, uh, as you point, uh, as you say, yes. Uh, as Nardwar, as we'll often point out, um, the, or has pointed out, uh, the incredible bongo band um, mm-hmm. song Apache was recorded in, I think, Vancouver, Canada, and it is one of the most sampled, mo- one of the most uh, sampled of all um, um, records of all time. Especially for the Apache breakdown, it's um, it's um, are you familiar with the song Apache? The what I'm talking about. I mean, it's sometimes it's, I you know, don't think I am. It's the one. It's um, like the original song is um, it's like um, it's like a Western sounding song. It's been upgraded into um, upgraded. It's been it's been updated into a dance thing where they where it kind of it's it's the it, what the heck? What I'm going to think of is it's a Sugar Hill Gang or something like that. Where it's like um, oh. You, did you ever used to watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay, so do you remember when he, he and Carlton, um, I think it was him and Carlton, did a dance to this one song where they're like standing in place and kind of turning around and it's like, bang, 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 yes, bang, 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 jump on, jump on it, jump, jump on, on it. it, jump. Yeah, that's see, it samples Apache, yeah. so it's like a dance song. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Then I, I have heard it. Then, but the original song Apache that gets the part that gets used a lot is there's just a there's a Congo line breakdown that gets. Put into stuff because it's a great segue. You see, when they were making, uh, when they were making building DJ sets uh, back in the day, they get two copies of records and then they take the there's the instrumental break part, right? It's usually a rhythmic break, break, something that the DJs can basically play one, and then while while it's getting to where it's gonna, you know, end and go into the rest of the song, they have the they have the um, the same thing queued up on another record. So when that part ends, they just start the second record from where the first part started, and they make it seamless. And they can make that break beat is what it's called go on forever, and that's where break dancing. Uh, what's what it's named after? Because they just keep that part of the record spinning, and people would just get out and just dance and dance and dance and dance, and it was like the song would never end until the DJ wanted it to. So, right, right. Yeah, when yeah. he when he thought everyone was being you know getting tired or couldn't keep up anymore, he would just end it. But if you wanted them to keep going, he would just keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. So you'd hear like so you'd hear the Apache break. You'd hear um the song it's like there's a, a specific part of it where well let's see here let me see if I can find it but the original song is like it's like there's an old school version where it's like in um, where where, the, where there are lyrics and whatnot you know kind of like the Star Trek the original series um, original uh, series uh, uh, oh there's not another word after that that's why I'm having trouble Star Trek the original series period right had a um, you know it had a its theme song had had lyrics to it it just you never heard them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now now that I think about it, the original the original Star Trek theme song didn't have lyrics, it just had the 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 music, I guess, without the, the lyrics. Right. So this is by the way, this is a great documentary about the song Apache about the song Apache, specifically Incredible Bongo Band's version of it. And it just kind of traces sort of like musical history and how various forces coalesced into, you know, the, the various people that went into making this album. And how they're uh-huh. kind of, and how these are essentially responsible for hip hop in that way. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Let's see, um, well, I mean, hip hip hop goes back quite a long ways and has a, a wonderful history attached to it. You know, most people don't. You know, if you're not into hip hop, you wouldn't really know how it uh, how it evolved over the years. You know, right? Absolutely not. Yeah. So, and I, I there's a great documentary called Scratch that came out in 2001 that I would recommend to anybody if they can find it. Because if you're interested in turntablism at all, it's it's uh, pretty fascinating. There's a lot of good stuff with well, there's a decent amount of stuff with um, Mixmaster Mike from uh, the Beastie Boys, and um, he, he's a you know great on the turntables. Uh, as you know, obvious it's obvious to anybody who's ever seen him actually uh, perform. Um, but so let's see. I don't know. So scratch. 
Yeah, it's called Scratch. Came out in two thousand. Is a two thousand one documentary film directed and edited by Doug Prey. Uh, if I'm saying that right, mm. the film explores the world of the hip hop DJ from the birth of hip hop when pioneering DJs began extending breaks on records, to the invention of scratch uh, scratching and beat juggling, to the more recent explosion of turntablism. Throughout the documentary, many artists explain how they were introduced to hip hop while providing stories of. Uh, of their personal experiences. That's pretty cool. It is, yeah. You think you might be able to find it on like um like probably like eBay or Amazon or just online in general, right? Probably. It's um it's on YouTube. But yeah, so I think you can probably go to Amazon and uh, if you do, go to uh, uh, com. click on the Amazon banner and uh when you <laughs> And then maybe, who knows, maybe eventually we'll have our own Amazon banner. But until then, please support Succotash because it helps It helps me indirectly. Absolutely. But and, of helps. course, um, I mean, yeah, I would, I would eventually like to uh, – I would eventually like to get our own Amazon banner up there so that they can – it can help us, I guess, when they when they do their, their shopping. But in the meantime, we don't have one, so uh, we'll go through uh, Succotash. Yeah. And sound dropped out. Sound has gedroppen sie outen, as they say in German. You're right, it's, it, it is that western feel to it. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, there's that. That's the that's actually not the original original, but there's one that's even older that has lyrics where it's like, you know, like alone on the trail by the campfire in the part, you know, or something like that. Where it does that, you know, so I'm on the dusty road, you know, it's kind of got that sort of feel to it. That was just the that was just the instrumental. I wasn't really sure if that would be uh, if that would be good, but here's the incredible bongo band version real quick here. Um, and this is kind of leading up to that. Do you hear it? Ah. Yeah, hear that? Hear yeah, that, yeah, that I, I just played drum, it. That conga drum beat, that is, that, okay, you'll hear, you'll hear it, you'll hear it. It's, and you'll hear so it. it's kind of leading up to what now? That, oh, what I, is, is uh, I'll show you something uh, from the DMC uh, from 2005, and it's group DJs. When you get one, when you get a bunch, when you get like four guys doing essentially what is synchronized swimming, except it's with turntables. Okay. Okay. So we're going to hit play now. Wait for it. By the way, I like bongo, uh, bongo uh, drums. Oh, yeah. Should be right around the corner. There it is. Oh, here, yeah, yep, yep. Jump on it, jump on it. Jump on it, jump on it. Here we go. So now this part is where the breakbeat starts. We're already like about three. This is actually pretty catchy, dude. About four. So yeah, you've got like a whole bar now that could just be looped and even more. And this goes on for a while. And you can you can mix now anything into this that's this tempo or that you can make this tempo. So it's just you know what I mean. So that that goes on for a while. Yeah. So that's 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 basically you know that's uh, that's that's like you know that's sort of given credit as being like essentially the birth of hip hop in in some way. But it's it's probably not it's not uh, I don't know how accurate that is. But I, I that was the impression I got from the documentary Incredible Bongo Band uh, the Incredible Bongo Band documentary that I cannot remember what it's called now. 
Well, you never know. It could be the uh, the uh, the the birth or the you know a partial you know influence on on hip hop. I mean, you know, I mean, there's so many like music genres out there. Like, I mean, if you were to like really trace their roots, you know, they say a lot of music is really you know uh, their roots. Like, you take like metal or you know rock, whatever. They say a lot of it there. You, if you trace its roots, it goes back to hip hop for some reason. At least it's a theory I heard out there. So sure. Okay. So here's here's um, so that song is from 1973. So I've got a little info on it. It says okay. Apache has been cited by African Bombada, but who, by the way, is in that documentary Scratch I was talking about, as an early element of hip hop music with the record sampled and scratched by DJs. However, the, the hit versions by the Shadows, uh, Ingman or Whedon. Uh, these are alternate versions. I can look at those. See, hold on. Okay, that'd be. Uh, it looks like Jorgen Ingman, and um, I can't find the name of the Weed. Okay, so anyway, uh, they're not. They're not, not the, those. She's. Uh, <laughs> those versions were not the versions that Bombada, Cool Herc, and the like uh, turned into hip hop anthem. There's a 1973 version by Michael Viner and a funk group called Incredible Bongo Band was the version in question. Incredible Bongo Band ended a bongo drum introduction and included more percussion. A drum break was played by legendary drummer Jim Gordon. Uh, though this version was not a hit on its initial release, it became the sampled foundation of rap and hip hop classics reworked by hip hop performers such as the Sugar Hill Gang, LL Cool J, The Roots, Nas, and uh, techno performers, Future Sound of London, Moby, and drum and, and drum and bass act Jay Malik, or sorry, Jay Magic and Goldie. Uh, oh, the 2013 documentary. It's called Sample This, directed by Dan Forer and narrated by Gene Simmons. Recount, recounts the story of the incredible bongo band and its recording of Apache. That's the name of it. Sample This from 2013. Did you um? Did you uh, to I mean, uh, did you used to jam out to uh, LL Cool J back in the day? I actually didn't have any LL Cool J in my collection, but I liked what I heard of his stuff. I, I didn't, uh, yeah, uh, other 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 people I knew had his, his stuff, but I, I didn't. I'm actually glad that you brought up LL Cool J because I'm about to, I'm going to share a few seconds of, uh, well, one of the songs that I happen to like by LL Cool J. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. For some reason, like, as soon as I heard this song as, like, a kid, I fucking loved it. Neat. Yes. Okay, so I'm trying to get the... All right, here we go. What does it mean to be a music Gotta reporter? go through the ad first. Getting the right job on my SAP okay. as it starts. By the way, that's like one of the most annoying things about YouTube is like the ads. It's like sometimes they give you the option to, you know, skip the ad, and sometimes they make you sit there and watch the stupid thing before you can get to the video, which is, by the way, very torturous, YouTube. All right, here we go. Oh yeah, I heard this one. So that, that's my favorite LJ song is Mama Said Knock You Out. Which, by the way, I think I'll, I'll drop that into the room in case anybody wants to, uh, you know, revisit the old days, the 90s, or whenever the song came out. Sounds good. I was, that's a, Yeah, I do remember that track. I actually, I, you know, it's funny is because for a long time I thought that the uh, Don't Call It a Comeback line and then Mama Said Knock You Out, the chorus, were part of different songs. And then I learned that I was wrong about that. But, yeah. Sorry, step away from the mic for a bit. I was um, enjoying some uh, <clears throat> blueberry vanilla uh, goat cheese. What? Wait, what did you say about goat cheese? I, I was enjoying some blueberry vanilla goat cheese. You're enjoying some vanilla something or another? Blueberry vanilla Oh, goat, blueberry. goat cheese. Yeah. Goat cheese. I've never had goat cheese. Is it good? You know, it's kind of an acquired taste, but I, it depends on 
what kind of cheeses you already like, I guess. I mean, and what kind of strong flavors you enjoy. Because there is a kind of a, there is sort of a barnyardy element to its flavor. It's, it's kind of pungent. But, I mean, it's no, not. I, I, yeah. I, I do know goats. We, we, didn't we have a, a topic about this in, in whatever episode we were talking about health and stuff like that? How's your health? Where I said that goat's milk was healthier for you than cow's milk. Uh, you may, maybe, yeah. I think you can actually, well, that's the thing is people who are, I think, I think, now this, when I used to think I was lactose intolerant because we were still trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I remember if people saying that people who are lactose intolerant could drink goat milk. Yes. Uh, you can drink, you can actually, for anyone that is lactose intolerant, well, I mean, we all really shouldn't drink milk anyway, but we have a problem because milk is good for, well, it's not good for you, but yeah. it's delicious. So, hmm. Instead of drinking, you know, obviously as adults, we really don't require cow's milk anymore. We really don't require milk, period. But again, it tastes it tastes good. So, I mean, mm-hmm. to, to go healthy for a second, uh, goat's milk is good for us because goats have uh, one stomach like, like humans do. And cows have two stomachs because they can break their milk down and we can't. So... Uh, the the best substitute for for cow's milk would be goat's milk and almond milk. Oh yeah, I like because almond. I think almond milk it's, it, it it tastes like regular cow's milk, but I think it's non dairy or something like that. So it's actually better for you. And I use it for my cereal. So I mean, I don't use it for coffee though. I, I use like half and half for that. But right. um, for for cereal, almond milk is delicious. You, you, vanilla it comes in different flavors. I think. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I definitely got um, introduced to the wonderful world of alternative milks uh, as a result of you know wondering if I was lactose intolerant and having to go through some milk substitutes, uh, especially for cereal. I I landed on rice milk. I thought I, that that stuff's pretty good. Yeah, I've never tried rice milk, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give that a try. I like to try new things, you know what I mean? I like to like yeah. broaden it? my horizon. I'll try anything once. I mean, you know, rice milk. Can you pick that up from your local grocery store? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, we can pick it nice, up. Of course, nice. I do live in Arcata, which uh, right. anybody who listens will to that who's from Arcata will understand that means everything. Uh, <laughs> it's a very... It's a very um, it's a very macrobiotic, um, food-wise uh, area. Right, right. Area. They have a lot of um, like. There's a. They had a. They had a place called the Co-op that was like. Um, it, one of the, it was like Whole Foods before Whole Foods. Whole Foods was hit. It was one of the original kind of like organic grocery store collective kind of, you know, places and alternative to Safeway. Like um, I think the largest chain besides Whole Foods that does that now is one called PCC. At least on this area, in this side, and we don't have a PCC. We also have regular Safeways, but even the regular Safeways have um, have uh, have rice milk. Nice and other and, and yeah, we and don't have other, we other don't choices. have places like that here. No, no, no organic food stores or anything close to it. No, we have organic. We, I mean, we have Whole Foods and uh, uh, Trader Joe's, but we don't have Safeways. Oh, okay, so you guys have Albertsons, Kroger's, uh, QFCs. What, what do you got? Um, Kroger is more if you travel down south. Fred Meyer's. Um, nope, we have places like Ralph's. uh Wiggly. <laughs> no, it's definitely North Carolina, dude. Okay. In fact, when I worked for Winn Dixie, that was my competitor. Um, no, we have uh, Trader Joe's, we have um, the Acme, we have um, Aldi's, we have Shoprite. Uh, Shop. I don't think we have Food Town anymore, but we have Pathmark and something called Sea Town. Okay. So what would you consider to be the most, um, like, what would be, like, you'd, uh, okay, so like Safeways, Albertsons, these are places that are kind of like, you know, your basic sort of grocery store that's, that's not, that can also be, can also be fairly large, like not, so, so, there, but then there's also places that are like a pharmacy that has grocery items in it, like CVS will have grocery items. Yeah, we got CVS. Target will have grocery items, you know. But, it mm-hmm. also, but it's like a department store. So, like, Safely is just your basic grocery store kind of thing. So what is the what of those choices, like ShopRite or, or the other ones you mentioned, is probably closest to Safeway? Um, or Albertsons? I want to say, like, Aldi's is probably closer to Safeway. Aldi's. So they, they might have... They might have your rice milk, sure. It's in boxes. Uh, it's there. They do have carton versions of it now, but usually it's kept um, on the shelf. You do have to drink it within seven to ten days of opening, and certainly refrigerate it. But it does have to be drunk fairly soon. So, 
Um, if you are not sure that you would like the flavor immediately, the, uh, the vanilla is nice, but if you don't like the taste of vanilla, then of course it's not going to matter. Um, right, right, right. There's a nice rice mixture where it's rice milk and regular milk plus cinnamon uh, called horchata. Okay. Which is pretty delicious, but if you don't like vanilla or cinnamon, then you're not going to like that either. <laughs> so it's, it's. I can't see like. Anybody not liking – I mean, I'm, okay, I can see people not liking vanilla if you're not really into ice cream or you're lactose intolerant, then it really wouldn't matter anyway. But um, right. I don't know. It's so foreign to me, anyone who – Uh-oh. Sound has dropped out. Smoke or whatever. I mean, I've never had it before. So I think, I think in the near future, I'm going to go out and get some. And right here on this show, I'm going to crack it open. I'm going to drink it and give it a review. Uh, some, some rice milk? Yes. Cool. That would be a great experiment. Um, you know, also, soy milk isn't bad. I mean, and help, hemp milk is Oh, no. Okay. Soy milk? Yeah, soy milk is delicious. Um, I think that's the first one I – was the first substitute I tried because they had – see, this, this the rice milk is called Rice Dream. And when I was first trying this stuff out, I think Rice Dream – the only Rice Dream I had was their frozen version. Like, you know, ice cream, Rice Dream. You know, so they had a, right. they had a you know because those there's actually some pretty good uh, non dairy frozen desserts that are ice cream esque as well. Of course, there are things like non dairy that are there. There are non dairy things like sorbet that have been around for a long time, but where it's you know where it's not there's no dairy. It's usually fruit based or something like um, like Ben and Jerry's made a nice a couple of nice um, sorbet flavors. One was like mm-hmm. a, one was like a blueberry. I want to say raspberry combination, and the other one was, uh, I think, a lime mango, or it was lime and some orange fruit that wasn't an orange. Maybe it was papaya or guava. It was a long time hmm. ago, but these are tasty. Do you, do you have Ben and Jerry's out there? I think we might. I mean, they're they're certainly closer. You're closer to where Ben and Jerry's originate from, but that doesn't mean anything, I guess. Yeah? <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> Out here we have – I mean there might be – I mean out here we got like Dairy Queen. We, I mean there might be a Ben & Jerry somewhere around here. We also got what's called Rita's, which is actually pretty uh, – and they're starting to s- sprout out all over the place. But they do make a pretty good uh, ice cream. Oh, yeah. We have Cold Stone Creamery too. Oh, Cold Stone. Yeah, there was one up north where I used to live. Um, we, we still uh, get their coffee creamer. Um, but then again, I really haven't eaten ice cream in a while, so – me either. Had a popsicle the other night, but it's not really the same thing. No, I mean like today or yesterday now because it's Monday for me now. But uh, I've been uh, sticking, you know, to to my diet and trying to uh, promote a uh, healthier lifestyle. I mean, I got to cut back on on you know the cigarettes, but you now one thing at a time first. You know what I mean? Well, but yesterday, what'd you say? I said well. Yeah, yeah, it's time to cut back on that shit too. But uh, uh, yesterday, since I was I was at the restaurant, it was my cheat day, so I just had what did I? St- well, I had uh, a slice of pizza. Mm. I had um, let's see, a salad, uh, a very small plate of um, penne pasta, and then I had the entree, which was chicken fris, whatever the chicken, whatever the hell it was called, which is basically chicken with. Lemon sauce or whatever. Oh, so it's not chicken fricassee, is it? No. Huh. <laughs> um, almost had the veal, but someone, you know, they, they, anyone, uh, the, the family that's family members, if I could speak straight, mm. that have already eaten there previously said the, the chicken was better, so I tried the chicken instead. And then followed with a, uh, a, a piece of cake, and I was, I was good, man. I was full. Nice. It's good to have a good meal. Yeah, so I pretty much stuffed myself. It was like Thanksgiving. Ah. It's good. To, it's nice to have an excuse to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a nice excuse to to, to do that because I I pretty much stuffed my face. <sighs> so, oh, and by the way, dear mm-hmm. listeners, so. if you happen to be living in Tyson's Town and you are a anti-social show enthusiast, probably not a good idea to walk up to Tyson and say, "God damn it, it's Tyson Insaner." Uh, although, if you do, I'll know why now. Yes. Well, I mean, had I not said that, you know, you, you really got to think of Zombie Land. You know, what I'm like, come on, it's Bill Freeman Murray. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I just this is so strange. Exactly. Too. When Will Woody Harrison, uh, Harrelson, yeah. Harrison, yeah, 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 
met uh, Bill Murray for this. And really, that's not the first time I made that reference. Years ago on Twitter, oh. you know, I said, uh, you know, Ethan Dettenmeyer from Combat Radio is a pretty cool guy. And, you know, he, he takes time to talk to people, especially listeners and whatnot. Oh. And But I said it wasn't a good idea if he's in the bathroom taking a piss and you walked in and said, God damn it, it's Ethan freaking Dettenmeyer. You know, he probably won't like that. So, yeah, that would be jarring, I think. Um, yes. I mean, can you imagine, like, if you're, I mean, I wouldn't want to say, like, a celebrity, or maybe you, maybe I'm not really a celebrity, perhaps, let's not say celebrity per se, but, like, you know, like, let's say, you know, somebody knows your face, and somebody knows your voice, and obviously, like, listens to your work, or listens to the show here, and then, they, of course, they, they're in your town for the first time, and they see you, and they, they act like that, I mean, it, it couldn't be kind of weird, right, do you think? No, yeah, it'd be very weird. It would be, uh, it would be, uh, you know, it would be funny. Um, oh, definitely funny. So, but definitely something that I wouldn't like. I don't know, like how I would. I don't know how I would deal with that because that, that hasn't happened to me yet. Well, I mean, it certainly hasn't happened to me yet, and that's. I mean, it's not something I expect to happen. So. Um, well, I think our voices are, are well known. Not so much our faces or our names, but definitely our voices. You think so? Do you think people recognize our voices? That's an interesting thought. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we're only like what twenty six episodes into you know our own podcast, but like you know we've been on other people's podcasts that are heard around the world, basically. So I mean. Our voices would have to be known at this point, or at least to some degree, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, like, every single person knows who the hell we are, but you you know what I'm getting at, though. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure. Like, um, yeah, if a person is is able to recognize voices, then sure, that uh, if, if they were in a crowd of people and they heard, you know, and they were just kind of hearing random voices talk and whatnot, perhaps, and then one of them stuck out and they went, hey, I think that, you know, sounds like, then, yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. Well, that about does it. For the Antisocial Show, I'm Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks.